Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast where we've got a victory to discuss, which is very welcome. Uh, only the second in 17 games for Norwich in all competitions, so let's make the most of it. It is in the FA Cup, which is, makes it even more exceptional because they don't win in the FA Cup, do they? It's the first time in seven years that they have uh, enjoyed a victory in this competition. So good stuff, a 4-2 win at Preston, and there's not a bad story right through the middle of it, is there, Mr Paddy Davitt? Adam Ida, academy striker, bursts you, onto the scene. I thought you were saying I was the story then, Dave. <laughs> well, as always. If only. <laughs> uh, Adam Ida, hat-trick, the youngest ever Norwich City player to score a hat-trick. Um, beats Craig Bellamy and Justin Fashionu, who both um, managed it when they were 19. But yes, he uh, certainly took his chance today, didn't he? Did he ever, yeah. I, and give him the build-up, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him. As I put to Daniel after the game, funnily enough, you know, when, when you you're quite openly talking in terms of this guy's got gifts he's a natural born goal scorer that you know that's all well and good in terms of what we do for a living because it's great copy great content but it does put a bit of pressure on that young man and boy did he step up to the plate and uh, as you quoted there it, it, that's an historic performance in the history of Norwich City that probably hasn't done been done before certainly not that early in a, a senior career you know that was only his second start today and he's had to bide his time, really. I mean, he got a little taste of it midweek against Palace, but really, Crawley was the last time he really got a chance to, to stake a claim. He didn't grasp the opportunity that night back in the Carabao Cup earlier in the season. Um, but boy, did he do it today at Deepdale. And, uh, you know, OK, we need to caveat it with it was a, a championship side. He made a lot of changes. Um, and he got some major assistance from Preston's young keeper, Connor Ripley, who... On at least two of the goals was uh, pretty calamitous but uh, that said for me watching that game the finishing the movement that led to up to the finishing then the composure and the clinical edge top top draw quality and uh, it, it's less about for me that he did it against Preston in the FA Cup third round it's that we might have a player there who can do it at a, at a higher level and uh, that is great to see because Lawrence have been crying out for somebody to come in and really put some pressure on Timu Puki and um we won't get too carried away to paraphrase Daniel because uh, it is only one outing. But uh, yeah, he deserves all the headlines and all the praise he's going to get next few days. You just hope he's the sort of level-headed lad that doesn't go to his head because um, I think with a fair wind, we might be seeing him at Old Trafford. Yeah, well, I think Adam's quite a shy lad, really, from having interviewed him a few times. He, like you know, like we're saying, he's not even nineteen yet. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought he's going to get too carried away with things from from what I've uh, seen of him. Uh, let me just set the scene a little bit though, because if you want magic of the cup, this is the magic of the cup. We are sat in a car park <laughs> of a services off the A1, Blythe Services, which is uh, somewhere we quite often stop on our way home from Northern Games. But for some reason, they had the music turned up inside the services uh, like it was a nightclub. So we, we, we thought that was a little bit much. So we're sat in the Arch and Pool car, uh, where we spend far too many hours. In the dark. Yeah, we are sat in the dark <laughs> as well, as which is Literally. perfectly normal. Literally, um, as, well as, as well as metaphorically, when we start talking on these things. But yeah. We, we need to learn to... Uh, treat this as radio don't we and <laughs> and lie about where we are right. <laughs> um, and of course we are joined by Connor Southwell as well and Connor yeah a, a really enjoyable day in the end wasn't it and, and I think it's fair to say not just us three traveling up but all the Norwich fans weren't really putting too much stock in this game where they weren't there wasn't too much fuss over whether 
there was progress or who played. I think everybody just sort of went into it to to see if anything good came of it, and if not, never mind. But now it's going to be a day that we'll remember for a long time, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I mean I can only speak about myself, but before certainly yesterday, I was I was sat there dreading it a little bit just just because. It's the FA Cup. Norwich don't tend to do too well, <laughs> but it, it had all the makings of uh, not not really an upset, is it? But but certainly a defeat, um, given the way Norwich City are playing at the moment. And um, really really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the ground. Really enjoyed the game. I thought the the occasion was good. Um, perhaps a little little bit of a shame about the attendance and, and the fact that more people didn't come out to watch it because it was uh, on the whole probably a, a very entertaining game of football. And as you say, they've they've come away with a win it's not something they've done too much this season so you've got to uh, you've got to enjoy that anyway but uh, yeah I, I think the FA Cup look it, it depends how you're doing it but I think the FA Cup is is a is forgotten to an extent particularly this season and, and everything that's going on in the Premier League because it does feel so big and every result feels massive but today was nice because there wasn't pressure on it and everyone sort of gone into it uh, maybe a little bit pessimistic but, but also open-minded as well because if if Norwich did win, which I think most of us considered quite unlikely given their record in the FA Cup, then it, it could set up a, a different narrative for us to to talk about. And uh, yeah, Adam Ida certainly did that, and Norwich City certainly did that. And uh, suddenly we're, we're all looking forward to a fourth round tie and, until we get drawn to Man City away, I think. And, <laughs> and we have to make the long trip back up to the northwest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think we've got, we've, and, and supporters and, um, and, and everyone has got to enjoy that because um, yeah, days like that don't come around very often. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Uh, Monday night, the fourth round draw, so we'll um, uh, see who's in the hat. Um, have a look at that first uh, front end of the week. Um, I should point out that I think we've all made the mistake already, haven't we? Adam Eder, Eder. as we have learned today. Adam Eder is how it should be. I've got to get used to it not being Ida. It's spelled I-D-A-H, but we should be calling him Adam Eder, and we should have listened to Dan O'Hagan, Norwich-based football commentator for BT Sport and the rest, who, during the Toulon tournament last summer, was calling him exactly that, Adam Eder. We should have learned our lesson then. So, But, of course, it, we never we haven't had to use it too much until this point. Um, but it seems like we may well going forward. So let's, let's talk a bit more about him in terms of his hype. Um, Mick McCarthy's spoken a little bit about him after the game as well, hasn't he? Jake Humphrey, uh, of course, sort of celebrity Norwich fan, um, it was uh, sort of joking around with Mick McCarthy on the BT Sport coverage of one of the other games that Ida needed a cap and he pretty much went along with that didn't he so we've seen him come through the youth ranks and we've heard uh, a lot about him um, but just a few days ago Pad we were wondering whether he was going to be going out on loan so this is a pretty swift turnaround isn't it? Uh, it is it is yeah I mean it can change again um, you know obviously take Daniel at face value then Timu Puki if he doesn't make Manchester United next weekend he would be fit for Bournemouth so you know by the end of the month or towards the end of the month and obviously we're in the transfer window now it it might be normal service resumed which is Puki leading the line and maybe Dennis Shrabeni is the the go-to or Dermich if he if he finally can get a clear run of injuries and then we're back in a situation where Mr Eder is not really got a path to the first team at Norwich at the moment so I wouldn't want to definitively say that he won't be sending him out on loan but there was some nice uh, nice lines from Daniel tonight when he basically said that he might have to send Timo out on loan instead of Adam uh, if he continues in that vein and yeah. um, I made the point that you know there's no there's no pressing urgency for them to do that we're literally just into the start of the window um, but that was the original plan yeah no two ways about it and a lot of League One clubs would love to take him um, 
been mooted with Doncaster. You could throw Lincoln in the mix. I'm sure Russell Martin at MK Dons would would take him in a shot. So I had a Gillingham mate text me after the game saying, "Can we have Ida? Ida, Ida, Ida." Well, Bad Dave. I mean, even <laughs> as we were waiting for for the manager, uh, the, both managers, the Preston media was were basically saying, "Could they get him to Preston?" So, you know, ultimately. <laughs> As we sit here tonight, it would be very, very hard to see uh, why, given Pookie's got this ongoing injury issue and Shrebeni and Dermich, why you would l- even contemplate letting Eder out the, out of the club. But, um, you know, things can change in the next two to three weeks. Um, but he's, as Daniel rightly said, he's not going to be... Well, he said before the game, actually, he wouldn't be going any time soon because of the injuries. And I think the reality is now he won't be going any time soon because he might well have taken a sufficient leap forward that he is now a bona fide uh, rival for Timu Puki. Um, I'll play you a bit of audio with Adam from after the game. Spoke to him. Uh, I spoke to Adam a few times when he was younger during the FA Youth Cup exploits and things like that. So I've sort of been watching him develop the last couple of years. Joined Norwich summer 2017 and... Um, came across with a big reputation from Irish youth football um, so yeah I'll play you that audio in, in a little while and in that he does say that you know he puts his trust in the club if they still feel that at the end of the month that a loan is the best way forward then he trusts them to make that right decision for him so um, there there is still that very real possibility but the big thing with him is he's fast he's got the size as well I mean he's sort of six two, six three size isn't he at, at the age of 18 so I guess there's still a chance he could grow a bit more but the where he really made his name uh, and Connor I think you've seen him play some development football mm-hmm. haven't you but it was that first season that he was here 2017-18 uh, the under-18s made it to the FA Youth Cup quarter-finals. Max Ahrens, of course, was the main player to come from that. But Ida and Anthony Spiru were the two who were really tearing up, scoring a lot of goals. And Ida scored a 10-minute hat-trick against Barnsley. I think that's the um, that was the first time that we really sort of noticed him come to the attention. So this has been brewing for a while. But right from those early stages, you could see he had that raw finishing ability. Um, he's taken his chance. Did were you impressed with what you saw of him when when he was younger, Connor? Yeah, I I think he's he's got a lot of raw materials even now. Um, but but the raw materials he he does have work in his favour because he's quick and he's strong and he can finish. And those three, I mean, there, there are plenty of strikers that don't possess those traits. Um, and he's he certainly made it a lot easier for himself because he has those. And okay, some of them are physical and some of them are out of his control, but. Um, yeah, I was I was really impressed, and and I think for me, what and, and seeing him today, I haven't seen him in a, in a little while in a Norwich shirt. I, I saw him as you said in that in that cup run a couple of times. Um, it's just how far along his movement has come, um, and and you can see the first goal where he literally pulls himself mm. right out to the left hand side. I mean, he's got chalk on his boots from the touchline and darts inside. The centre backs don't see him, the full back doesn't see him, and and he uses his pace to get on in beyond. And it's it's so clever the way he both keeps himself on side, but equally creates space for himself. And that is um, that for me was the best part about his goals today was was that piece of movement because I I thought it was brilliant. But but equally the way he wanted to play on the shoulder and the way that he was looking to get in behind players. But he also not not too much, but but also 
showed enough that he can play with his back to goal effectively and bring others into play. And there were also a couple of moments in the game where he was isolated and had to progress the ball up up the pitch by himself, and he did that as well. So it, it was a very good performance, not not just his goals, but but what he contributed to the team as well. And if if you were to show someone who perhaps didn't know Adam Ida and and say, yeah, that's an 18 year old kid, I, th- I think most people would be quite impressed. But still a long way to go for him, absolutely. Um, but I, I think when you think about how young he is and also his, his qualities and his attributes it's quite scary to think about where he could end up um, and what I will finally say on, on a not so serious point I, I don't know what it is about No City Strikers and pronunciation obviously we've got Adam Eder and Dennis <laughs> Dennis Sabine haven't we or, or however we want to say that one so Tiemu <laughs> Bookie exactly exactly so uh, unless Joseph Dermich unless we're not saying that right then uh, complete well, the set <laughs> who knows but um Let's go through the goals then, Pad. Uh, Connor's got us underway there. Um, the one thing that I've sort of taken away from it is, as we just said there, he's clearly got a lot more development ahead of him. It's not he's not the finished product. He may, you know, have to take a backward step with a loan move or something to, to you know, continue that development fully because clearly Timo Pukki is the the first choice striker, and as, as long as he's fully fit, you would still expect him to start at Manchester United, or at, at, at least I would. But that first goal is evidence that he is probably the most similar replacement for Pookie in terms of style, certainly far more than Sabini uh, in, in terms of of style of striker um, who could come in for Tamey when needed. So, um, yeah, that first goal was, was, you know, exactly the sort of goal that last season we saw Stephenman and Pookie looking up for. Um, but the third goal, the, the one that made it 3-0 ahead of half-time, was pretty special, wasn't it? It was EDS-esque. Uh, if anybody's seen a very similar yeah. clip doing the rounds on social uh, in the aftermath, yeah, I mean, keeper again to reiterate what I said right at the start has helped uh, because he's come racing out of his line to halt on El Hernandez and hasn't really what well, he shanked his clearance, but still huge amount of work for 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 Eda to do. He's killed it with his right, and then well done instinctively. <laughs> thank you, uh, a golf style chip. Which is out, wasn't he? Um, I don't think so personally. No, no. He's getting less and less the more we watch it. Yeah, I think it was only about ten yards in the end. It's the inver- inverse of the fisherman's tail for me. I think he was, uh, yeah, probably three. He had a three at the start. I would have suggested in terms of the distance, but the the arc on the ball, it was just a, a thing of beauty uh, from a Norwich perspective, and it's actually gone in the top part of the net. You know, it, 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 the execution, and again, you know, we're talking about what what are we seeing here with this guy? There's there's not all that many strikers I don't think of any age or, or uh, you know ability um, certainly in the football league who could just execute that the first time you know the ball comes back to them and uh, you know that alone Connor was right you know the movement for the first goal was was a little bit special and we saw that for the for when he got brought down for the penalty as well and then of course you know for, okay he was on a hat trick but but still you know for each, such a young man such a big moment it was, it was fearless as he stepped up you never really thought he was going to miss and um, sadly that wasn't the case with Norwich too often from the penalty spot last season so if they found a penalty taker into the bargain then I think Timu might be heading out on loan mm-hmm. somewhere um, but yeah all, all three goals in their, in their own unique way showcased a little facet of what he's all about and don't want to keep sounding curmudgeonly but you know it was a much changed Preston a championship side and it was the FA Cup so you know We'll need to see a little bit more from him, but it, but in terms of a first step, then there's no no doubt about it. I think I think, and you got the sense from Daniel after the game. I don't think he will be going out. I think he, not that he was because he gave him a chance. Maybe you could argue he didn't have a lot of other options in terms of strikers for this game because of the injuries, but he still trusted him 
and he delivered, but I think probably even over-exceeded even Daniel's expectations today. I mean, you would have been extremely greedy to expect Adam either to come back with the match ball, but um, and he actually had a header just after half-time. He could have even had four goals, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you can only... As a young player, you can only... And Daniel says this often, you give them an opportunity, they have to walk through the door. Well, I think he's absolutely slammed through it today. And, uh, you know any exposure he gets over the next few weeks that's for me is now the test because obviously it's one thing doing it in their FA Cup third round they go to Old Trafford next they've got I think Tottenham in this month and one or two others Bournemouth will be a tense affair if he gets any exposure at Premier League level for over a, more than a two, three, four, five minute cameo like he did at Palace and we see some tangible signs that he can actually cut it in the Premier League level against Premier League defenders then um, then the whole it transforms completely I think where Norwich go over the next two or three transfer windows because if, if you've got a, a player within your, your club who's capable of really stepping up at that level then you know you're in a healthy position I think Absolutely and uh, right we've teed it up so let's have a little listen to what a very happy Adam Eder had to say after the game only two and a half years since you came over from Ireland, made the decision to to join Norwich. C- could you have imagined two and a half years later you'd be scoring a hat trick for the first team? <laughs> like I said the other day, it, was, it is a dream come true. Um, obviously, I wasn't expecting to score a hat trick tonight. Yeah, but um, coming over two years ago, I did not expect this. Um, yeah. Like it's all down to hard work, really. And putting the work um, shows the boss. The boss will um, put you in. And, just delighted, yeah. And that youth cup run to the quarterfinals in your first season, how, how influential has that been in your development and how much have the club looked after you from that point? Yeah, definitely. I think um, that youth cup run the first year was, was great. I think yeah. um, we had a great team then and we, we, we did get fair. We were a bit unfortunate to lose to Birmingham. And after that, I think the club the club um, knew that we had a great bunch of players and just to push on from then progress was just really good. And sorry to bring it up, but the Crawley game was obviously your, your debut, wasn't yeah. it? How much did you learn from that? Because that was a more difficult night, yeah, this, quite yeah. clearly. It, no, it was difficult. I think um, obviously it was a bit, bit unfortunate with the goal, but I think that's that's what happens in football, really. So you just have to put it past you and the boss and everyone else have been really good to me, to be fair, and just, just brush it aside and come out here tonight, just forget about it and just go again. It all helps you improve that mental strength. But how much do you think you've improved from pre-season once you first got involved with the first team group properly and training with team? How much do you think you've improved in that six months? Yeah, I think I've improved a lot. I think on the pitch, just just more uh, physically and just even my movement. Watching Timmy Pukki is unbelievable, yeah. But even um, off the pitch, you mature mature a lot between all them players so yes it's been great and this is quite a quick turnaround as well because there's a few mm. rumours about you going out on loan and stuff in January then these injuries <laughs> come along so it must just feel like a bit of a whirlwind yeah it's a bit it's up in the air at the moment um, don't know what's happening yeah. if, I, if I go on loan I go on loan it's whatever the club says it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help me in my development so whatever happens happens if, if I stay I stay if I don't I don't From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Okay, so that was the hero of the hour, Adam Eder. Uh, Hat-trick in the FA Cup at Preston. Uh, so Norwich will be in the fourth round draw. Let's have a look at the rest of the performance though because um, we've, we've mainly focused on Adam so far. Uh, eight changes for Norwich, it was nine changes for Preston and the uh, attendance was less than 8,000 which isn't a uh, 
great thing for the FA Cup as a whole, but perhaps not too surprising. Over 800 Norwich fans there, so that was uh, a decent effort, and they certainly were pleased they made the effort. Um, so the players that came in were uh, Michael McGovern, Jamal Lewis, Ibrahim, Ibrahim Amadou having to play in defence, um, Mo Leitner, Tom Try will come into midfield, Marcus Stevenson, Onal Hernandez into attacking midfield with Todd Campwell staying in and then of course Ida up front so overall Connor um, anybody that really caught your eye in terms of going for in terms of the Premier League because I I thought this game really was difficult to read too much about mm. the Premier League because it was stupidly open wasn't it both teams there was no pressure on the game really I, I, I haven't got them in front of me but I think Preston had 15 shots and 9 on target and they lost 4-2 <laughs> and had 48% of possession. So that just shows that it was sort of an infuriating game in a way, wasn't it? Because it was so open. Mm. Uh, but it certainly was entertaining. But yeah, did anyone anyone lay down a marker enough? Um, yeah, I, I, I think they did. Um, I think I think Marco Steepman is is the one for me, probably um, out of out of that. But I, I think it did look like two two teams that have made a lot of changes and. You said you say there about how many shots Preston have. For me, that shows the levels because if if that's a Premier League team, then Norwich probably come away from from Deepdale uh, having lost the game um, by by quite a margin because of of the quality of a, a Premier League striker. But um, th- there we go. I, I think that that almost shows um, how this season has, has transpired, doesn't it? But yeah, for me, for me, Steeperman, I, I thought he was good today. Um, he had a bit more freedom to neglect his defensive roles. For me, when he's come in in the Premier League sort of side it's it's been with the objective to almost nullify a team's defensive midfielder or deep line midfielder as opposed to actually imposing himself on a game and it was quite nice to see him actually locate pockets of space and uh, I mean played through a, a number of fairly decent through balls a couple of, of ones where he just didn't quite get the weight of pass quite right um, I, I don't think he was outstanding but it, it was certainly a lot more of the Marco Siegman we, we were accustomed to last season and um, that opens a wider debate perhaps about his level and his quality and what level suits him best but um, I, I don't think he did himself any harm particularly given that Norwich have struggled to find someone who can really nail down that number 10 position um, but beyond that yeah, I, I thought it was a professional performance of Norwich I, I think I'd probably describe it as but I don't think it was an outstanding one to be completely honest as, as we said a couple of the goals got gifted and, and ultimately with these cup games it's about getting through to the next round but um, yeah, I'm trying to think of Tom. I don't think Amadou was was too shabby, but I don't think he, he was exceptionally good. He was uh, neither here nor there. Um, Hernandez, I, I, I thought the same. Was was neither here nor there. Okay, scored a goal, but perhaps a bit fortunate with Ripley. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure beyond that to be honest. Um, which is odd to say, given given the <laughs> fact they've won away. But it was one of those performances. I, I felt as a collective, they did the job they had to do. Obviously, Ida will, will get the headlines, but. Um, yeah, beyond that, there, there was also plenty in there that perhaps wasn't so positive. But as you said earlier, I, I don't think we need to nitpick that given the, <laughs> the situation we've had in the Premier League and um, the run of games we've got coming up. We've, there's, there's plenty more time for that in, in coming weeks, I think. Yeah, given what's happened so far this season, I don't think there's much of a desire to be too negative. I think fans are wanting to just sort of enjoy the day a little bit, aren't they? And, and, and have a little bit of a, a pinch of magic from the FA Cup. Um, but, I mean, if we are to sort of extend this into the wide the Norwich form pad. The um, this is the eighth game in ten that they've taken the lead. Okay, this time they did uh, win the game. They did make sure they got the job done. But they were three 0 up at half time. Preston 
could very easily have got back into this one and did win the second half. So there are still those overriding problems. And, and after Amadou had stepped into defensive midfield for the final 20 minutes when Grant Hanley came on to try and shore things up, they still didn't really shut the game down, did they? It was it was quite frantic. It was, yeah. But I mean, I think the pattern was set it, um, because Preston got a little bit of encouragement straight after half-time after Ryder either had just missed that headed opportunity. Um, but... You know, as Alex Neil said after the game, I mean, it is a case of it's a cliche, but it is true that goals do change the context of the games. And if Norwich, I think, had maybe got to the hour mark and it was still three three to the good, then I'm not sure we'd have seen that flurry of chances. And Michael McGovern did have to make some very good saves. In fact, um, one thing you you can't hold him to task for, he is a very good shot stopper. There's other areas of his game, namely distribution off the floor, you could question. But. yeah, don't don't be deluded into thinking that it was a, a merry procession to the fourth round for Norwich. If if anybody hasn't seen the game or wasn't present at Deepdale, because it was far too open and Preston had enough chances to yeah easily have got a result out of that game. So yeah, I mean if we were looking in terms of the bigger picture, but I think when you make eight changes, it it's hard to extrapolate because the reality is a lot of those players come Old Trafford probably won't be in the eleven. So. I don't think you can just map the good and bad points of the performance today onto when we go back to the Premier League. But it does underline that as a collective, you know, they, 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 in the key facets of the games, and that's why you quoted that stat, you know, before today it was led in seven uh, of the last nine and only one at Everton. That just underlines that they do a lot of good things right and have done, um, but then they do in key moments key things wrong and that's why unfortunately they are where they are in the Premier League table and I don't think one positive result of Preston necessarily is going to alter that it it really is now increasingly have this collective with the odd maybe addition or two in the weeks ahead in the January window got enough about them to eradicate the poor parts of their play and and maybe just build on the better parts i.e. they're creating a lot of chances but you know they haven't really taken enough of them and the big thing today of course was they got the first and then they got the second you know it's been a very long time since they actually got a little buffer in a game and uh, that even allowed them then to you know maybe freewheel a little bit Um, and so for me I I don't think what we've seen today necessarily alters anything really in terms of the Premier League uh, quest from here because um, you know too much changed sides different competition um there was i said it right pretty much from the kickoff it was almost a pre-season feel to it for me so um yeah good day but uh don't think we can read too much into what happened today at old trafford next week yeah i'd uh, agree with that sentiment um just uh finally we did see mo leitner today didn't we kind of first time in a couple of months he um well, last game was Man United, actually, wasn't it? Um, when he was taken off at half-time uh, in the 3-1 home defeat. But then uh, he was on the bench at Brighton for the 2-0 loss, and uh, we haven't seen him since. But he came back into the team, him and Tribal, and they were OK, weren't they? But I, d- I don't think either of them probably did enough to to force their way ahead of Tetty and Vrancic, which I, I guess is probably the central midfield pairing that we're expecting mm-hmm. at Old Trafford, aren't we? And, oh, and worth mentioning as well, actually, we've noticed uh, listening to the radio that... Um, United have got two games either side, haven't they? Midweek, um, which Norwich don't. Uh, they play Man City in the League Cup semi-finals, was it? Uh, first leg, um, which is on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, one of the two, midweek. And then following week, they will have a replay in the FA Cup against Wolves as well. So um, 
quite a lot, a lot more for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to uh, take into context for that game. But yeah, just just to finish on Mo Leitner, first time we've seen him for a while, um, but he's still got work to do, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was neat and tidy. Um, I, I perhaps wouldn't go go further than that. I, I think them them two as a as a pairing. For me, I, I don't think quite works in, in the same way as having perhaps someone a bit more robust alongside either of them in, in, in Teddy, but certainly didn't do anything majorly wrong, I don't think, either of them. Uh, in, in fairness, I, I felt, particularly first half, there were a couple of times where Tribal had possession of the ball and uh, his, his passion, passing options were very, very limited um, from those in front of him. wasn't wasn't a lot of, of movement from, from the front line or anyone, particularly in, in the way we've we've seen Emi Buendia to come a bit deeper to receive the ball to progress Norwich up the pitch. They mm. they missed that a little bit, which is why uh, between the first and second goal, they, they had a really ropey spell um, where Tribal was, was dispossessed a couple of times because he was looking for options and ended up sort of turning... Um, backwards and forwards and then backwards again and um, got caught with the ball and uh, so so I don't think that helped them but um, certainly you would want to see more of them uh, or more from them rather if, if they're going to stake a claim for a, for a Premier League place um, but given Leitner hasn't played for two months I, I didn't feel it was it was a it was a, a poor performance I, I just it's probably one of those like like a lot of them where it was it was neither really really good or, or really really bad it's probably somewhere in the middle and um, certainly aspects that, that he needs to improve on um, as with Tribal um, but but yeah it's, it's a pairing that for me just doesn't quite balance itself out so I, I don't think that helped either No, although they did play the uh, Premier League game didn't they against Newcastle the Norwich one, yeah, they, they were the starting midfield too so they can do it but yeah I, I agree largely with what you said there but um, because from what we've seen Generally, with Norwich in this uh, in the Premier League this season, it always feels like they need uh, a defensive midfield presence. And obviously, Alex Tett has been in a, in a pretty decent seam of form. So, I think that's everything. Rat boys. Um, oh, I'll, that... just, I'll just mention one last thing. No VAR today. That was nice. Oh wasn't it? yes, good point. Let's finish on that. I don't know about you two. I'll give you both a chance to to answer. But I'm I, I've been quite a fan. Well, not a fan of VAR. But after the World Cup, last World Cup, I had wanted to see VAR come in to English football. And I still think that eventually it will settle down and be worthwhile once this stupid offside situation is is smoothed out because that's not good. But I have to admit, it did feel good to see a goal scored and be pretty certain it wasn't going to be chalked off and there wasn't going to be any VAR controversy to follow it did, did you feel the same Paddy? 100% although uh, interesting Alec Neil was bemoaning the lack of VAR because he felt Norwich's second and fourth goals were clearly offside having watched them back on the telly um, whether or not he had a case but uh, so yeah it does, does amuse me that uh, these clubs who don't have VAR are all for the use of it but they might think a little bit differently if they'd had some of those offside calls you allude to DF and uh yeah, in terms of the flow of the game, then immeasurably improved. You know, not to, I mean, six goals today. What what would we have had to live, sit through six VAR checks for all of those goals? Would have still been there now, I think. So, um, no, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of 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 that techno- piece of technology. Full stop. But it is what it is, and it's here to stay. Um, so it needs to be refined in, from application actually through to communication, whether whether it's inside the stadium. Um, or, or further afield it, it's clearly not fit for purpose at the minute and it's not improving the product so clearly there's there's work ahead but uh, uh, today to me was a throwback to uh, 
what I would like to see on a regular basis but I think those days are gone certainly in the Premier League anyway Absolutely I mean I, I do feel like VAR has become uh, the enemy to a sort of a certain extent like we've been listening to um, Radio 5 Live on our way down tonight and there have been people saying ridiculous things like um, you know the, how it's big club bias and things like that and oh, oh well you know like, like you hear some fans say oh well the FA doesn't want our team to win they just want Liverpool to win the league all these stupid things which are obviously not true um, because as you hinted at there, Pad, but when the decisions go against people, they go mad against VAR. But then when it's when it helps them out, they're a little bit quieter, aren't they? So it's a real sort of difficult issue to get on top of. But I, I, again, I have to admit that the flow of the game today uh, felt better. This is avoiding the obvious joke about not having to worry because Norwich may soon be back in the Championship as we've climbed out of our ivory tower for the day and outside of. Premier League uh, action to see what it's like in in the football league again. Let's avoid that obvious joke. But did you feel that as well? Yeah, it, it felt pure. I think it, it didn't feel pure. like yeah, yeah it, it didn't feel like I was watching and sort of trigonometry. Um, it, it felt like I was watching a football match, which was quite nice. It was nice not for the focus to be actually on what was going on on the pitch as opposed to what's going on on the screen and. Um, not having to get rulers out and, and talk about millimetres that was quite nice for a change and uh, Pad said there about Alex Neal uh, calling for it I, I actually think their second goal would, would have probably been ruled out as well for for one of the armpit ones um, having having seen a still of that back but there you go I, I think I mean, and someone asked me on Twitter would you be saying the same if, if those goals went against Norwich and, but I don't think you would because the reality is if, if the technology if you don't have technology you have to accept that there's going to be human error and from what I saw today there wasn't anything I'm going to use the two words but clear and obvious about any decisions today that, that were wrong um, it, it felt I don't think anyone certainly at the time that I, I didn't see any um, protests from Preston players for, for offside so to me it was a football as it should be um, which was about the content on the pitch and, and about the players playing the game as, as opposed to the officials and uh, it, it was really nice it, fl- it had a brilliant flow the pace of it was excellent the, I'd, I'd say supporters probably preferred it in the, in the stadium uh, largely perhaps not in the Preston end but certainly the Norwich fans have experienced it this year because it, it was what we all fell in love with it, that that was the product that, that we've all um, that, which is why we watch football because it, it was it was it was that it was football, and, and it wasn't. Um, it wasn't dictated by VAR, and uh, it, it was. It was nice to see, and uh, sadly we have to go back to it next week, which is a bit of a shame. But um, given, and and I think today, to be fair, I, I, I perhaps you don't realise perhaps the effect it has until you remove yourself and put yourself in an environment where it, where it isn't there, and. Um, I think today sort of opened my eyes up a little bit because like you I, I've been someone um, which might not come across for, for people who regularly listen to this podcast but certainly someone who felt that it would improve the game over time and um, that would give it time but it, the way it's being used at the moment I, I don't even particularly think it's the technology or the laws I think it's more the people using it to be completely honest um, but it's it's nice to have a situation where we're talking about the football um, because that's what we all want to do at the end of the day yeah the um, it has to be remembered that mistakes were made by officials before VAR but from then going back into a game without it today it's that feel of the goals in the immediate aftermath not having to think uh oh 
is VAR happening? Is there a check going on? Like the Campwell goal against Palace where the muted celebration was there. There was no muted celebration from the Norwich fans when uh, Ida scored any of his goals. His penalty, I haven't seen. I haven't checked his penalty back to see if there's any encroachment yet. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the maybe the keeper was a yard off his, uh, or a toe off his line. Maybe one of the Norwich players had half a foot in the area at the moment that uh, the ball was struck. Who knows? But let's not worry about that. It's time for us to head home uh, so that we can start contemplating going back to the northwest next weekend. Uh, <laughs> to Old Trafford to be fair but um, it is closing in on 10 o'clock we're not going to get home till after midnight at this rate so it's time to say goodbye Pad have you enjoyed your FA Cup experience? Uh, I'd rather it had been at Carrow Road if I'm brutally honest for the reasons <laughs> you just stated that we're in Blythe services and uh, it will be whatever day today is it the 4th today? Yeah, it is. It'll be so. the, it'll although be... they've still got Christmas trees up inside the services yeah I'm not they? enjoying that either um, <laughs> that was so... sort of a weird um Take it took took you back all of a sudden, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was like almost when's Christmas Day, but um, yeah, as I say, it'll be the fifth by the time we get back. So, other than the travel, <laughs> yeah, hugely enjoyed it. Not, but uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So, uh, roll on the fourth round home tie, please. Absolutely, top stuff, right? Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Connor. We're gonna head for home. Thanks, you. Thank you very much for listening. And do head over to pinkin.com to have a look at everything from today as well worth catching up with the interview of Adam Eder Daniel Farker's quotes the report Paddy's pointers all the usual stuff you could possibly want and we will catch up with you later in the week